Welcome back to the Student at the Game podcast. I am your host, Tavares Ellis. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day by giving my podcast a listen. All right, so today, of course, we're going to talk about Houston Rockets, James Harden. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson accountability. All right. And we're going to also talk about um, one of my favorite shows that's on Netflix, Cobra Kai. I finished all three seasons and I cannot wait to talk about it. And also we're going to talk about the Houston Texans. Rumors are floating around that they're going to actually get rid of Jack Easterby. We'll see. We'll see. But first, of course, hey, let's start off with number one, the Houston Rockets. They just defeated the San Antonio Spurs. They just defeated the Spurs. The Spurs are not a good team, okay? They're an okay team. But um, everybody's acting like, yeah, you see that? James Harden was holding us back. <laughs> you see that? This team is very good. James Harden lit a fire up under their butt. Yeah. Yeah, We who needs Harden? <laughs> That's the thing I'm talking about, all right? See, when James Harden said that, you notice, all right, after they beat the Sacramento Kings, he was saying, you know, this team has potential. They can do stuff. We need to build chemistry. All that was cool until you ran up against that dude, LeBron James and AD and those Lakers. <laughs> you ran up to them and the first time, bam, 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 that game was over in the first five minutes. <laughs> all right, you play them a second time, get a couple days rest in between, bam, 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 same situation. You know, it was kind of like how... It reminds me, like, if you've seen the movie Rocky 3, where Rocky, he battles Clubber Lang, but before he fights Clubber Lang, he was already the champ, but people were surprised at how, you know, how he was able to maintain that championship, because everybody was thinking that was a fluke game by defeating Apollo Creed, and it was, but anyways, he, um, he was able, I'm not sure how long he was the champ, but guess what, Mickey made sure he fought, like, no true contenders okay so what happened was is that rocky finally said he wanted clubber lang and mickey said no he said if you do that fight i am going to quit i'm not gonna train you and clubber lang was a true contender and come to find out that mickey said hey man those fighters they're they're okay fighters but they're not on clubber lang's level and what happened was, no matter how bad Rocky believed and blah, 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 guess what? He got smashed, yo. Clubber Lane, bam, 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 tore him up. All right? Now, Rocky, later on in the movie, did redeem himself. Apollo Creed trained him. Because what happened was, is that what Rocky was doing, the philosophy that he was doing, and the way he was being trained... It was not going to be able to work against Clubber Lane. All right. He ended up training with um, with Apollo Creed and his trainer. Okay. I talked about this before. All right. You know, he had to. And he kept saying every time it was a different training thing, different from what Mickey used to, the way Mickey would train him. He said, Mickey didn't make me do this. Mickey didn't. I just want to chase some chickens. Mickey wouldn't make me do this. Guess what? Apollo took him down. To where he trained at in the inner city. Alright. And guess what? He got to spar with similar type fighters like Club Lane. Um, they did the sprints on the beach. Okay, it was whole he had to learn a whole new different type of training. Alright. Because that woke that's what was necessary in order to maintain that eye of the tiger to go up against Club Lane. Alright. And also inspiration from Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Adrian's always right and honest. Ooh. <laughs> my wife is always honest and right too, man. Like, she says stuff that can light my up, that lit that can light me up. You know, it be the truth. Sometimes it hurts. Most of the time it hurts, but that's what situation where I must take myself in inventory and reevaluate things and be, try to become better. All right, but anyways, we're not talking about me. All right, so. The Rockets game one against the Lakers. That was equivalent to that. Getting beat down by Club Lang. Even worse, to be honest with you. So, the Rockets go into game two. Same game plan. They get smashed even worse. 
<laughs> and then they once again they asked James Harden, "Hey man, um, why didn't y'all make a comeback? Huh? Well, we're not that very, we're not that good." And people, listen, you got to look at the, you got to contextualize words, okay? Comprehend, use your comprehending skills, because words, reading is more than just comprehending. It's more than just calling out words. You you should comprehend it. You know, it's a reason why. Like that's just like okay, it's a difference between. Me saying, I I stepped on a nail. And you got a period at the end compared to me saying, I stepped on a nail. I stepped on a freaking nail. With an exclamation mark at the end. All right. That's letting you know how serious, how real it then got. So check this out. The Rockets, they are a good team, but they are not good enough to win a championship. That's what James Harden is trying to communicate to everyone. You know, teams that are good enough to win championships that are real contenders, they would have made a run in at least one of those games against the Lakers. Not saying they would have won it, but they would have made a run. Okay? They never made a respectable run. A meaningful run. You you know, you think I'm just making this up? You think Harden is just being harsh? Okay, go to the ESPN and NBA.com and all the rankings for the Rockets. They they didn't even have his team making the playoffs, even if they still had James Harden. I mean, James Harden didn't say they trash. He said, we're not good enough. We're not good. Hey, listening to, I was listening to, um, Skip and Shannon on Undisputed. Very, very good show, by the way. Shannon Sharp said it best. He said, hey, James Harden, he went up there and he said, this team is not good enough. He said, listen, all right, they're not good enough to win a championship. They're not going to beat the Lakers. They're not going to beat the Clippers or the Nuggets or anybody that, that's a championship contender. But guess what? They're good enough to be a number four, or number five seed. They could make a little bit of noise. They good enough to do that, to make a little bit of noise. Is that what you want, Houston? To make a little bit of noise? Aren't you tired of that? Our last championship has been in 1995. A lot of y'all wasn't even born. A lot of y'all who was born back then, you probably wasn't even into basketball then. But I was. And I still am in it. Like, this team here, like, when you have a, a top five player... Who's in his prime. Or who's in her prime. This works for the WNBA as well. In any sport. You should be building a contender. Not a team that's. Number four, number five seed. To make a little bit of noise. No. The team they had last year is better than this team. And they was a number four seed. So that's why I don't even miss me with that. This team here would have been a number five seed. Okay. Probably more number seven seed. Listen. I like Boogie Cousins, but this is not the same Boogie Cousins from Sacramento or from New Orleans. Because if it was, guess what? The right he wouldn't he would not have signed with the Rockets for that deal that he's being paid for. It's not even a guaranteed deal. Okay? But I still love that he's on his team. And guess what? I have no problem what he said about James Harden. Listen, he he, he called it like he called it like it is. Like it was or whatever. But anyways, um, John Wall is looking good. He's starting to regain his form and stuff. I didn't watch a whole lot of John Wall in Washington. I didn't get a lot of the Washington Wizard games, but I respect his game. He is a very good player. Okay, but once again, this team weakness is at the three and at the four spot. Okay, but I'm pretty sure they would have, at best, maybe this Rockets team could have been a number six seed. That's not good enough. That falls under the category of what Harden was talking about. They're not good enough to win a championship guess what Harden you know Harden alright it's a lot of the media's fault because they they they. it's it's cool to to talk down on Carl Malone's career John Stockton's career Charles Barkley's career Dominique Wilkins' career oh god Dominique Wilkins don't get any love from most you know um, Reggie Miller's career um Patrick Ewing's career. Um, who else am I missing? Mitch Richmond, um, Chris Weber. Um, um, who who else? Um, Kevin Garnett before he went to Boston. Okay, it's real cool to talk down on their career because they don't have a championship. 
It's hard to get a championship. Okay? And guess what? All of those guys I've named, was Garnett did win a championship. But when he was in Minnesota, he tried his butt off to make it work over there. But it got to a point. Hey, man, I only got like two or three years left in my prime. It's time to move on. The team is not good enough. This Rockets team is was not good enough to win a championship. They, they can't mess with the Lakers. They can't. Now, had the Rockets lost both of those games and it, and it was close games, okay, that's something to build upon. But it was terrible. The Lakers could have easily, I, f- I think the Lakers showed mercy on the Rockets. They could have easily blown the Rockets out by 50 points each game, okay? But they didn't. They chose not to. So, check this out. If you upset at James Harden, fine. But keep that same energy and be upset with the with the Rockets also. You can still root for the Rockets and be upset with them because if they don't, if the Rockets, if the Rockets organization feel like as a fan you still good with them, and they still good in your book, and you just satisfied with four first round picks, that's not going to guarantee you a superstar. We had a guaranteed superstar in his prime. You know, some of y'all have just gone beyond ridiculous with this. You're saying that Harden is going to be the worst Rocket ever, the most hated, oh, the most hated, um. Houston sports franchise player ever. Really? You remember when Tracy McGrady, Tracy McGrady for that whole year before, right before he left, he was on bad terms with people was hating on him, especially that playoff run the Rockets made with Ronald Tess and Yao Ming right before they was getting ready to face the Lakers. Tracy McGrady is saying the Lakers are going to win it all. Then the person who was interviewing him said, hey, man, your Rockets are in there. What about them? They're facing the Lakers. Well, yeah, man, they got to get past my guys first if they get past my guys. No, what you said the first time, that's what you meant, T-Mac. I respect T-Mac, but what you said was wrong. Okay? That's that's ultimate disrespect to your team. Okay? It was a situation where Tracy McGrady have, could have gotten a surgery, I believe, for his shoulder or for the knee. He chose not to get the surgery done. Okay? They kept talking about how Tracy McGrady was not in shape. All right? Tracy McGrady, he was not himself. He got hurt. And guess what? Tracy McGrady couldn't get past the first round, people. We traded away fan favorites, Coutinho Mobley and Steve Franchise, who could not get past the first round, who faced against the Lakers, who went on to the finals. They lost, but in the finals, but you know. But Tracy McGrady was brought here to bring a championship, him and y'all. He couldn't even get past the first round. He should at least be able to get past the first round in a year when y'all is hurt. Okay, I like McGrady, but guess what? There was a lot of hate for McGrady back then too. Okay, where was this hate on Matt Schaub, Mister Pick Six? You mean to tell me he's more he he, he he's more likable than James Harden? Come on now, are you serious? Did Schaub live up to all of his expectations? No. The Texans turned down the opportunity to bring in Peyton Manning for him. He didn't bring us a championship. He barely got out of the first round against the Bengals. But anyways, I digress. But hold ownership accountable too, people. You have to. Tillman Fertitta right now, Tillman Fertitta has his championship. He did not have to pay a luxury tax. <laughs> he's like 15, 20 million up under that. And he's going to get even lower than that too. But y'all are letting it happen. (laughs) I mean, I guess I'm part of the mix too, but I'm not out there buying season tickets, paying, paying, like paying the same prices as if James Harden is on the team. Check this out. I bet you those tickets don't, don't drop down with James Harden gone. Because now that expectations are even lower with Harden gone, shouldn't ticket prices be lower? No, it's not going to be lower. They don't care about you. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about the fans, people. But yet, y'all still forgive. It's okay to forgive. That's a very important tool to forgive. But listen, you cannot forget. See, people say, well, in the Bible it says, forgive and forget. It doesn't say forget. Because how can you learn, grasshopper, if you forget? 
what you, you expect somebody to flash the men in black fat black flashy pin thing on you and boom and he and here's the thing that doesn't work all the time too but anyways um you know it you gotta hold the owner accountable too the owner is winning he's winning his championship he's winning you know but um you know hey and james harden he's gonna have a lot of pressure He's going to have so much pressure in New York. It's, the pressure from Houston is not going to even phase him. Because now it's championship or bust for him. And he's willing to put that on the line. And, I, hey, I respect that. And check this out. You know, it was reported around in September or in October, like I said, that about hard and trade rumors. But what was reported a few weeks before that was that Tillman Fertitta is trying to stay up under the luxury tax. Okay? So if you're James Harden, you're in your prime and you see that the owner is trying to stay below the luxury tax, well, he's not trying to compete. He's not trying to contend. He is not trying to contend. And I feel, I, I feel bad for Steve Silas. I mean, I'm not to the point where it's like, okay, I mean, here's the thing. He has a job to do. No matter what, whether it's James Harden, Russell Westbrook, no matter who's there or not, he has to win. I don't know how many years his contract is for, but guess what? If he's not doing anything, if he hadn't made, made the playoffs, or if they don't show any potential in three or four years, well, he's going to be out of there. You know, but I think he's a very good coach, and he is... Guess what? He is getting like 30 years worth of coaching experience crammed into three months of kick into in the three months that he's been the head coach four months as for the Rockets. So but hopefully we can win a championship with Steven Silas. So hopefully, hopefully, let's hope. All right. So. The Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, boy, oh boy, oh boy. I didn't get a chance to dig in deep on this like I wanted to because of the Harden news. But, wow, like, the Texans are slick, man. You know, they... Now they want to act like they want to interview Eric Bieniemy, But it's a dead... The deadline was Sunday. Now they want to act like they didn't know that or whatever. And see, check this out. The New England Patriots, that's one of that's their calling card. That's part of their identity. They are smarter than you. They do everything better than you. They know the rules better than you. Heck, they know the rules better than the officials, than the refs. All right. <laughs> they know stuff in the football manual that you couldn't even think of. They are like the, you know what? They are like Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting. They are just like Goodwill Hunting. That's what we have always been told about the New England Patriots people. You remember in the scene in Goodwill Hunting where Matt Damon was schooling old buddy about Gordon Wood, you know? But what's crazy is that it's like the staff who leaves from the New England Patriots, like when they're with the Patriots, everyone is like, Oh, this big old Voltron version of Goodwill Hunting, right? But when they leave the Patriots, all right, check this out. They turn into good the good the fake Goodwill Hunting two sequel movie that was in Jay and Solid Bob. Do y'all remember that? Y'all remember that scene? Well, in that scene, what happened was is that, <laughs> all right, of course, Jay and Solid Bob, and so it was kind of like a movie. Uh, shot within a movie a real movie okay jay and silent bob they're on a movie set and then they stumble upon the, the set for goodwill hunting too it's hunting season and they redo the same scene in the bar where goodwill hunting matt damon he hears old buddy talking and stuff and trying to be little people for the knowledge he knows and then matt damon turned around and said oh you still doing this huh you still quote falsely quoting Gordon Wood? You still doing it? What I tell you about that? Did, you want me to school you again and stuff? Then old buddy said, listen, hold up. I'm on a whole nother level now, bro. 
you're not the same goodwill hunting that you was in the first movie where you was hungry and hungry and starving for knowledge and and everything like that you know no you got lazy and you don't read things anymore and i've read ish that you ain't never even heard of and so he just schooled goodwill hunting right there okay he just schooled him so the goodwill hunting that's that's not as the goodwill hunting in the sequel <laughs> that's not even close to being smart as the one in the, in the first one that's what the staff are for the new england patriots when they leave new england okay so you mean to tell me they had no idea about the deadline for eric b enemy oh they're they are being very very slick y'all and that's what triggered andre johnson to say what he said i'm pretty sure he had been waiting to say that but that was like the last straw and i don't blame dre i don't blame him man i don't blame dre and see now it's up to how deshaun watson goes how, how this whether well, it's deshaun watson's fault or not how this turns out for him and even for jj watt this will determine what free agents will want to even come here what star players would even want to be drafted here or traded here you know current players on the team it it's going to determine how they will be treated later on when they come to contract negotiations and stuff like that okay so that that is very very key people that is very very big you know i'm not and listen but but i did hear a rumor that the texans are they're trying to get rid of jack easterby well here's the thing okay so when there's a player who does something wrong, guess what? It's real easy to get rid of that player. For example, James Harden said what he said, and then guess what? Next day he was traded. Jack Easterby has been has his actions has been way far more disrespectful than anything James Harden said. There's nothing more disrespectful than trading DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick. <laughs> all right and and that's crazy they drafted deandre hopkins in round one he has exceeded the expectations of a first round pick but they traded him for a second round pick <laughs> but anyways that was disrespectful how they did the gm position let bill o'brien remain the gm and stuff like that just because they couldn't get nick casario how they the approach to try they got fined and lost a draft pick for tampering with nick casario you know that all of that's disrespectful to the business of the franchise for the play of the franchise personnel wise and all that good stuff so why is it taking so long to get rid of him and you know you don't have to fire him but he's a chaplain let him be the chaplain but he should not be dictating player personnel he should not have any control over that if you want to watch practice you just watch practice just like the other fans who sitting down watching practice in that practice bubble because it's a lot of fans in those stands okay that can give you way better advice than what this dude is talking about miss me with that now and what's crazy he's supposed to be the guy who comes in to help balance the, the situation when there's chaos but guess what? He's causing chaos. You can't have the dude that's the mechanic out there tearing ish up just so he can have a just so he can fix it. No, that's not how it works, man. That's not that's shady. But it was rumored that he's was that they're working on getting him out. But I gotta see it to believe it. I gotta hear it to believe it. Yeah, man, but I don't believe it. But it should not take that long to do that, people. It should not. It should not. I mean, you know, hey, I, I want. Let's see what Nick Casario can do. But no, because what I don't want to happen is when there's good moves, they credit Nick Casario, and then when there's bad moves, they're gonna credit Jack Easterby. Get him out of there. He is a big distraction. Get him out. Kick him to the curb. We don't gotta kick him to the curb, but g get him out. All right, escort him out. All right, but I gotta see it to believe it. All right.
Let Russ cook. In Russ we trust. Right? Alright, so check this out. Brian Schadenhauer. I remember Schadenhauer. I went in, I remember when he came to Seattle. I wasn't too thrilled about him being the offensive coordinator because I'm going based off what I've seen with the Jets. He was very, very conservative. I have no problem with him running the football. That's great. But I'm like, how is he gonna help Russell Wilson become better? And guess what? He has exceeded my expectations big time. You know? And and I I'm not too Ah, what's crazy is that he gets fired and Russell Wilson in, in, in a season where Russell Wilson has career highs. And for three years in a row, Russell Wilson, the first half of the season, he was the top MVP candidate. But something kept happening for three seasons in a row in that second half of the season where all of a sudden he's not an MVP candidate anymore. He can't even get an MVP vote. That's not that's not on Brian Schottenheimer. That's on Russell Wilson. Here's what I believe with Russell Wilson. All right, when expectations are not high for him, he exceeds them. But when expectations are become high for him, he plays a little bit below it. Sometimes a whole lot, way below it. It's no knock. It is what it is. It's the truth. It's on his resume. Check this out. I mean, okay, three years in a row, he's the top MVP candidate. People are saying it because before the season starts, they're not. I mean, they may include him in the MVP conversation, but he's like the fourth or fifth guy. But who would they bring up? They'll bring up Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Now, here's the thing. It's one thing to have Brady and Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. They came in the league before him. So, But when you have Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson has been in the league at least five, six years before those guys. Well, f- five years, okay? So when they're getting more MVP votes, well, they both won MVPs. And the two years they won MVPs, guess what? Russell Wilson started off as the number one MVP person. Now, last year, he was the, he was the, the number one MVP candidate until he faced Lamar Jackson. He played terrible against the Ravens, all right? Then it was Lamar Jackson's the year to lose, and he maintained it. So, but it's like, okay, if you rush, you're like, man, hold up. These young bucks here, they playing great, but what about me? But here's the thing, Russ. When they expect big things from you, you're not delivering. You're not. And check this out. It's not Brian Schottenheyer's fault that why they lost against the, the, the Rams. Check this out. Russell Wilson... How do you, you know, we can't even say if Brian made the wrong play call because Russell Wilson at a lot of times will hold on to the ball locked and loaded on DK Metcalf. I get it, but it's like while you're waiting on the deep ball to throw it, the defensive line is coming to you, especially the Rams. They always terrorize Russ, always. It's like they have a Russell Wilson magnet in their uniform. They just bam, bam, they right there, it draws them cool to him. You know, and a lot of times the play doesn't even really get off because it's like if he's if he check this out if he has four or five seconds to to wait downfield for Metcalf or whoever to get a deep ball, that means your offensive line is doing pretty good, man. But it's like throw the underneath route, get it out quick. But you we we don't know if he's changing the plays or not, and I don't. And the thing about it is you can't tell if the what play it is if he's getting sacked. But man, Russ. And then you know, and Russ sent 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 the apology to Brian. I mean, that was that was very, very sweet and stuff, but man, like you you're the reason why he got fired. You are. They let Russ cook for eight straight weeks and then after that, then I don't know. Went from a five-star restaurant to a two-star restaurant. Restaurant. Because what happened was those expectations. People were expecting that greatness. But see, when you slack off on Russ, when he lures you to sleep, that's when, bam, he gets you. That's his steez, man. That's what he does. Think about it. I mean, when he got drafted, expectations were not high for him. Third-round pick. But guess what? He exceeded those expectations. 
when expectations are now he's not as bad as Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever no knock on Fitz magic but you know it you can't it's hard to compare him with the if he wants to be up there with the Brady's, the Mahomes, and the Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson's of the world, and the Drew Breeses, guess what, man? When you do terrible, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come to the altar, bro. You have to take take your criticism. And now he says he wants to be. He feels like he should be included for the next hire for the OC. But man, Brian was the perfect one. I mean. And here's the thing, if your word means that much, then they wouldn't have fired Brian, right? Because you and Brian was cool, y'all buds, Bible study buddies and stuff like that. I mean, but I like Russ and Russ I trust. I'm not saying Russ should get all the hate, but listen, if if we're going to knock Pete, if Pete Carroll is going to get, get knocked, get negative words thrown his way, and if Brian is going to lose his job for actually, you know, for three years, Russ has put up more touchdowns than ever, than ever in a three-year span. But then guess what? You know what? Russ got to get some criticism, too. He got to get some criticism, too. That's how we become better because the last thing we want is we don't want Russ thinking that he's done nothing wrong and that way he continue to not rectify his mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that's what the whole accountability was with the Legion of Boom and stuff as far as with Russ. Hey, man, you're not holding him accountable enough. You know, when the Legion of Boom or even the current defense, when, when Jamal Adams missed tackles, guess what? That's highlighted. When Jamal when somebody catches over Jamal Adams, it goes back to the narrative. Jamal Adams can't cover, which is not true. He can't cover. You know, when the defense missed tackles, when the offensive lineman when, when somebody sacks Russell Wilson, everybody blaming the offensive line. But look how long Russell Wilson holding the ball. Receiver drops a pass. Man, he should have caught that. But what about Russ? Get on Russ too. So that way he can become better just like everybody else. It's one thing I loved about Bill Belichick. Love about Bill Belichick. Hey, he held Tom Brady accountable. And guess what? It seems like Tom Brady was okay with being held accountable amongst his teammates. That builds, that builds camaraderie. That builds chemistry, right? Something the Rockets lacked. I went back to the Rockets, right? All right, yeah, man, yeah, that 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 is a trip. That is a trip, man. But I like Russ. It'll be interesting to see what they bring as office coordinator. You know what? They ought to bring in Doug Peterson. That would be a good fit. Bring him over here. That would be good. Yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe Doug Peterson, right? Yeah, we'll see about that. All right, all right, but let's get into it, all right? Let's talk about some something real good that's very, very positive. Um, I've been watching, I've been, been, well, I've completed the three-season bench of watching Cobra Kai. No mercy. Man, I, I really love this show. I didn't think I was going to really like that show that much. It was very intriguing when I first heard about it, but I'm like, okay, we'll see. Okay, because I, I mean, I, I, I've been hearing different point of views about Johnny Lawrence played by William Zapka being the actual hero the good guy you know the one that's being bullied and um karate kid um I first caught on to that opinion when I was watching an episode of how I met your mother how I met your mother and Barney which is played by NPH Neil Patrick Harris um Doogie Howser all right he was for his birthday. They said, "Yeah, we brought in the Karate Kid. A surprise for your birthday, Ralph Macchio." And he's like, "Ralph Macchio? I hate Ralph Macchio. He's not the real Karate Kid. The real Karate Kid is William Zabka, who played Johnny Lawrence and stuff, you know." And then there, there's videos that's floating around. You can go on YouTube and find them. It's very easy to find, and they 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 show how um <laughs> how really you know what it was is that Danielson played by Ralph Macchio he was the real villain he was the one starting the stuff butting into Johnny and Ali's business but what happened was is that you know Johnny kept telling him hey man mind your business mind your business and then what happened was hey Johnny had to put them hands on him you know and actually Ralph Macchio actually um Daniel's son put his hands on Johnny first it's just that hey Johnny knows how to defend himself 
okay now then from there yeah in the middle parts of the movie yeah it did get in between yeah johnny was doing stuff they was going back and forth pranks on each other all right but in the end come to find out the 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 crane move where you have the leg up and stuff that's the move that we all used to do as a kid we was like karate kid Ooh. guess what that was an illegal kick but guess who was crowned the champion <laughs> you know in the sports world Oh, we, we, you know, we get on the Patriots for cheating with Spygate, deflating the footballs. Okay, but we, um, you know, we, we talk about athletes cheating with steroids and stuff. All right. Okay. They banging trash cans, um, stealing signs and stuff. Okay. All teams did that. Not just my Astros. All of them did that. Okay. Um, stealing playbooks, you know. Helmet to helmet hits. If somebody win a championship off that or win a game, we cry foul and murder. But guess what? Where was the where were you people when Johnny Lawrence, okay, lost the All Valley Karate Championship that he was defending properly to Daniel Sons illegal kick? Now had Johnny Lawrence did that illegal kick, they would have said Cheater, 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 pumpkin eater. He cheated. He cheated the sport of karate. He's no true champion. Asterisk, 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 asterisk. LeBron James just won a title in the bubble and people won't credit that at giving that an asterisk. He didn't cheat the game. <laughs> Daniel son cheated the game. He cheated the sport of karate with that illegal kick. It was dope, but he cheated. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Well, actually, I don't. I'm, I progress. Anyways, all right. So in the show, Cobra Kai, all right. In Cobra Kai, um, it's set 34 years after the original Karate Kid movie. All right. And the film go, goes back and reevaluates the whole narrative from Johnny Lawrence's perspective and his reasons to open to reopen the Cobra Kai karate dojo okay and then it ends up leading to him restoring his long old rivalry with Daniel LaRusso okay this this show here it's about redemption. I love a great redemption story. I really do. Like, redemption stories are the best because in, in life, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like every day I make more mis I, 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 I get more things wrong than I, get, than I get right. Every day I feel that way. I have my moments where I'm in the zone, but I feel like, you know, and I try my best to balance it out to pay attention to the positive and the negative and stuff. Man, it's like when I when I when I went wrong on something, I want to be able to redeem myself to try to correct it the next day. Okay, um, that's with everything. That's that's with my wife, with my kids, growing up, my siblings, cousins, my parents, grandparents, friends, everybody, school, all that. It's just like if I got an F in a class, you know what? I got to redeem myself. Let me bust this A in here. It's on, you know, because get, just like because if you're a kid who gets an F, that doesn't mean you're an F student. OK, something went wrong. Maybe you could have paid more attention or study harder or something or some information you didn't catch on. That doesn't necessarily make you an F student. You don't have to stay in that bubble as an F student. You can become an A student. So if you was a jerk to someone, there are ways to redeem yourself now. Or to show some kind of path of redeeming qualities. Okay? You can be learn to be nicer to people. Especially if the person who you did wrong to didn't forgive you and stuff. Or there's no way for you to right the wrong. But guess what? Maybe the lesson you can learn from that is you can go help somebody else that's in that situation. Or who you see somebody else is trying to hurt somebody you can go help that other person so they he or she won't get hurt or something you know but anyways you know johnny lawrence he is very very redeemable and he takes he ends up mentoring this kid named miguel and 
his relationship with Miguel is similar to the way um, Miyagi was with Daniel's son. With Daniel. You know, where, because, let me see, Miguel's character is parallel to Daniel. You know, he moved to Reseda. Lives with his mom, well, he lives with his mom and his grandmother. And it looks like almost, well, almost the same apartments that Daniel was in, but not the exact ones. He ends up having to face four bullies and stuff who's picking on him. And Johnny Lawrence comes to defend him. You know, and it's one of those things, it's almost as if they, what they did with it was, is that, like Johnny Lawrence, he's the opposite of Mr. Miyake. Generates the same result, but different personalities. He's doing it, he's being Mr. Mi, he's in the Mr. Miyagi role, but he's doing it the Johnny Lawrence way, which is pretty dope. Um, I told my wife, I said, he reminds me of like a Johnny Lawrence character. He He's very, very witty. He reminds me of like a old Deadpool. You know, we have the old man Logan movie, but old, imagine an older version of Deadpool mentoring a teenager and teaching them how to fight. That's what it is. And opening a dojo. That's what it is. I love it. It's a dope show. And also, it, you know, of course, Daniel is going to be in the show. And and I'm not going to spoil everything, but the thing about it in the show, it shows like, you know, Daniel actually finally looks himself in the mirror and realizes, man, I'm not the the white knight. I'm not the protagonist in everything when it comes to Johnny. You know, I've done some things that that triggered some things from Johnny. And also, you know, Johnny, he's not a hundred percent just this villainous person. And then Johnny sees that Daniel is not this com he's the, t the totality of his character he's not just this oh i'm the right one and stuff like that you know and and i and the, and the chemistry that these two have it's amazing like dang ralph macho was in three karate kid movies um william um william was in two of them he was in he was all in the first one he was in the beginning of the second one and but he wasn't in the third one well, a flashback scene, very very small. But um, you could have sworn that he was they they was going at each other's throats in all three movies. But the chemistry, like that's the amazing thing about the movie. The first one is that there were so many unanswered questions. You know, we didn't know, we didn't see, we didn't meet Johnny Lawrence's parents. We didn't know what was going on with his home life. We just saw him with with his sensei, Crease. You know, and and, and that's amazing. You know, um. I mean that that was genius what they did with that man like the way they did this show um you know the creators of who is it Josh Hild, John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg that is genius like I kind of I, I wish they would do this do this with a lot of other sh movies you know that would be dope man but um this show here man like I was expecting it to be like a comedy Cause I'm like, when I saw the trailer for season one, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous, but it looks hilarious. But it it has a perfect blend of comedy, drama, like real drama, okay, like serious serious stuff, and martial arts. It's a lot of action in this, man, for real. You get fighting on every episode, like, and and that's their calling card. They have their identity. You can't have it can't be based. It can't be called Cobra Kai, and there's not fighting on every episode. And it's just like I used to get mad at The Walking Dead. It's a show about zombies, but they show them fighting zombies every other four episodes now. Miss me with that, bro, sis. All right. But it's a very, very good show, man. It's it's only like about 25 to 30 minutes each episode, except for like the season finale or season premiere episode. It may go a little bit overboard, about 40, 45 minutes sometimes. It's a very, very good show. Um, John Kreese's character returns, you know, um... You get a chance to see a little bit of his background to see why he the way he is. And and I love it when shows do that because it doesn't justify their actions, but it shows you a reason. Because a lot of times that's the first question we ask whenever somebody's doing something wrong or whatever. Okay, why? Why? What made you this way? And then, but here's the thing though, here's the catch. Once you find out why a person does this or that, okay, you have to take that under consideration. You can't just ignore it like, okay, well, they shouldn't done that. Well, they true. They probably should. 
once again, we're not going to justify wrong actions, but it's like, okay, I want to see why you did something so that way I can see where you're coming from to see if I can relate. And if I can't relate, I can introduce you to somebody that can relate so that way we can evolve and be better to let you know you didn't have, you don't have to do that. Hove did that. So hopefully you won't have to go through that. H to the is O, B to the is A. <laughs> Showing my age, right? But yeah, this show here, man, it has everything. Like that 80s nostalgia, you're going to hear a lot of sh music from the 80s. Like it's dope, man, for real. And like it has a, I mean, it had like the plot elements of the show is very, very genuine. It's very, very genuine. Now it is, it has this share of drama. You're gonna get that, okay? That's a given. It's a show, all right. But it's it's a very very good show, very very good watch. I highly recommend Cobra Kai, man. I mean, um, one of my buddies um he told me about it when it first came out and it was on YouTube, but um I wasn't ca I didn't I didn't have time to catch it. But then once it came on Netflix and, and I'm like, okay, let me check this out. Bam bam bam. I'm like, wow, because I started hearing about. What it was is that I started to hear about certain spoilers of it, and they're in their third season, and I'm like, man, I need to go ahead and watch this show because I don't want to get catch all the spoilers from previews or somebody posting it. But it's a very, very good show. Um, um, who else? Um, Ralph Macchio. Um, excuse me, Daniel Sun's mom returns. Um, who else returns? Oh, some of um. Johnny Lawrence's friends, they they return in the show. Oh, but yeah, it's it man, it, it, it man, it's such a brilliant show. Um, you know, I heard that they're gonna like they're trying to build this whole Karate Kid universe. They call calling it they are calling it the Miyagi verse. Okay, so it had me thinking i'm like wow i wonder how because what i read was i forgot where i read the article from but they was talking about um you know you you know hillary swank was in the fourth karate kid movie where it was just mr miyagi all right and um who was the returning character and stuff and that was an okay movie for what it was but it's hard to repeat the same success from karate kid but there's rumors that she may reprise her role maybe in a later season maybe or maybe season four because she studied up under mr miyagi as well and hillary swank had, made, had actually quoted she said that yeah i think it would be cool to do that so that way at least i'll get a chance to you know test my skills against daniel son you know so that would be interesting to see if they include her in um let's see um but here's what I was thinking about, because I thought about this when I saw that, okay, Will Smith is one of the producers of the show. Now, for many of you who are unaware, um, the 2011, 2010 reboot, the remake of The Karate Kid with his son, Jaden Smith, and Taraji P. Henson and, and Jackie Chan, okay, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, they are producers. They produced that. So it has me thinking, I wonder, okay, all right, so I wonder would Jaden Smith make an appearance? Him and Taraji P. Henson make some sort of appearance in the Karate Kid universe. Because I'm like, I'm thinking his character would probably be, let me say, he was about 12 years old in that movie. So 10 to 12 years later, he'll be about 24, 25 years old. And I don't know, he could be, I don't know, one of the judges or he could have his own dojo, right? Who knows? That would be pretty interesting. Um, what's another character? Um, like that would be cool to see him interacting with Daniel Sun and Johnny Lawrence and stuff. You know. Now, I was thinking about. I'm like, but man, you can't bring Jackie Chan though. But then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. Well, maybe you can say that Jackie Chan's Mr. Miyagi is may be related to the original Miss Mi Mr. Miyagi. Who knows? Right? Is, is that possible? Yeah, I mean, you can do, they could do that. I mean, that would be, that would be pretty cool to do. I, I mean, I, I just, because they, they're, they're going to do, they're doing a spinoff 
or they're going to create this whole Karate Kid universe. So I'm like, okay, that that would not be a bad idea. But yeah, you know, um, in the, but in the show, Johnny Lawrence he has a son. Um, Daniel's son has a has a daughter, a teenage daughter, and a younger son who's like 11, 12. But yeah, man, it's. I think I think it man that <laughs> that would be incredible man that would be incredible that would be incredible so yeah so you can put it to where you know Mr. Miyagi you know was portrayed by Pat Morita him and Jackie Chan they are related somehow and you know he knows the same type of karate as he does but his um, you remember in the in the Karate Kid movie that Pat, Jackie Chan was in, you know he had the thing where he kept t- telling Jaden Smith's character to pick the jacket up, set it down, pick the jacket up, set it down, and you know that that man that stuff was cool, man that stuff is cool. But yeah, anyways, um, I'm going on and on. I can talk about this show all day, but I'm not or all night because it's nighttime. But hey, y'all should check out um, Cobra Kai. All right. It's three seasons. It's not the episodes are not long. That's the cool thing about it, and they're all entertaining, action-packed. I mean, you, you, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be amazed with the action in it. You're gonna be um, you're gonna laugh at the comedy. You're gonna feel bad about the whole drama and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's it has the perfect recipe of a of a brilliant show. And guess what? I would never suggest that you watch a show that is not brilliant. So guess what? Check out the karate, not the karate kid. Check out Cobra Kai, okay, on Netflix. All right, so we're going to close up that, our podcast. Once again, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day by giving my podcast a listen. And if you like it, go ahead and hit, hit that like button and subscribe. And thank you all for tuning in. Student of the Game Podcast. 